What is up, IDP Army? What is up, fantasy football fanatic? Man, Jordan Reigns at 50 Shades Drunk. You probably already know that, but if you don't know that, get to know that. Follow me on Twitter. Um, and before you do anything, make sure you smash subscribe, follow us, give us a thumbs up, go subscribe to both of our podcast feeds. We have four different podcasts covering IDP, best ball, NFL, fantasy football, dynasty, the whole bit, the whole shebang. Um, but you know, you guys know what I do. This is my man, Chuck Bass over here. How you doing, Chuck? I thought we'd have a little fun post NFL draft, bring somebody on who just, you know, loves talking about football. You guys make sure you follow him Mm -hmm. on Twitter, but Chuck, tell us a little about you and uh, what's goody. I am Chuck Bass, and I am coming down from an insane NFL draft high. Uh, wow, what a buildup. And, man, we're just like I'm in the super come down phase right now. I am the host of the This Guy Sucks podcast. Uh, but today, man, I'm here to just set you up for some spikes. We're going to drop some absolute nuggets. I'm excited. Bang, bang, bang. I love to hear that. Love getting set up for a huge victory. Um, yeah, appreciate you coming on, my guy. We were talking a little bit before we kind of started just how we we're going to run this show, what we're going to do. And we really, you know, we're kind of going to, you know, talking about the come down. We're going to, you know, Grateful Dead this mofo and just kind of yeah. see where things go. Uh, so we had a crazy NFL draft. You know, I already talked through some of this with Billy yesterday. We've already got tons of news coming in on both sides of the ball today is the day that teams have to let players know if they're going to exercise their fifth year options so we've got some Mm -hmm. news that'll be trickling in throughout the rest of the day Mm -hmm. we'll touch on some of those but uh yeah if you guys are again share this in your uh fantasy football leagues join the Mm -hmm. discord a lot of good links in the descriptions Mm -hmm. but let's just go ahead and um lead it off with kind of the top end news again some of those fifth year options coming through for IDP fantasy football, you know, mm-hmm. we'll just kind of start with the Ravens. We started there. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking for this this um, Patrick Queen news to come yeah. through. You know, they took Trenton, was it Trenton Simpson, I believe, mm-hmm. um, third or fourth round. And a lot of people kind of saw that as a signal that they're wanting to move on from Patrick Queen. Um, do you have a – what's your team? You know, I'm a Steelers fan and a Chiefs mm-hmm. fan and a Bills fan. Uh, I tweeted something out earlier. I think the Ravens are in a – his poor spot right now across yeah. the board. Well, you know, I, I think people way overestimate what Lamar Jackson really does for a whole team. Yeah, uh, I think at this point they're probably the worst overall roster in the division, mm-hmm. and I think they have the third best quarterback. So, yeah. what do you what do you think about the Baltimore Ravens, Oof. Patrick Queen? Any thoughts? Those are some um, those are some incredibly hot takes, um, but they're they're hot and they're grounded in reality. Um, the Patrick Queen situation, I think for them, it's going to be um, they're traditionally they'll be okay if they decide not to pick up his option. But I do think that he provides. When I was looking into the numbers of the defense, I do think he provides a little bit more than I was expecting. Um, despite you know their incredible collapse last year after losing Lamar. They were actually seventh in overall defensive DVOA, uh, DVOA, fifth in weighted. And I didn't realize this, but I guess it makes sense playing in the division. They had the third hardest schedule last year. Um, But a lot of that stuff just gets completely masked by how fragile they were with the Lamar Jackson run offense. Uh, Does that change this year? Bringing Todd Munkin in? Um, I'm not sure. You know, pundits on both sides of the aisle have kind of been clamoring to see what the Ravens would look like with a pass oriented Lamar attack. Um, is this the guy for it? I'm not sure, but I do know that the last time he was an NFL offensive coordinator in 2018 for my Bucks, uh, they were fourth in overall yards and first in passing yards. So, I mean, it's possible. He did it with Fitzpatrick and Jameis. Can he do it with Lamar? <laughs> you tell me. I don't, I don't think he can. I keep telling people I'm off of Lamar. He's a great quarterback. He can win you games. That's great. Yeah. But from a fantasy perspective mm-hmm. and just from a reality perspective, his weapons are meh at best, aside from yeah. Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. And he's never even thrown for over 3,500 yards. And I just mm-hmm. – and this is, this is the NFL in 2023, mm-hmm. okay, 3,500 yards. There are guys that will have 3,500 yards by week seven this next mm-hmm. season. You know what I mean? Sure, like, yeah, potentially. Yeah. That's like, it. Yeah. I mean, you know, so you, at some point you just have to be able to keep mm-hmm. up. I don't know if he can. Mm-hmm. And the weapons around him just, they don't bring me any. No, they don't. Joy um, or, you yeah. know, they don't, they don't do much for me. OBJ does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. He's a vibes guy, you know, bring him in, make Lamar happy. 
Hollywood was pretty decent. Mm -hmm. But he gone. gone. Yeah. You know, why did he leave too? Like, that's another, like, what happened there? Like, why would a guy like that want to leave? There are things not Mm -hmm. being said here. We know Rashad Bateman's not happy. Yeah. He's been smile. He had a little smile on his face the last few months, but mm. there was a time when them Twitter fingers was going crazy. All Big right, time. I'm not yeah. happy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Kevin no, Duvernay, it's, uh, it, it, Am I it, supposed it, to be excited about uh, Prochet? No. Nah, I mean, they, like they, yeah. Lamar isn't set up to succeed mm-hmm. at all. You know, he's again. It's a the Ravens are the Ravens, and Lamar's mm-hmm. Lamar. But I think that's over stimulating what the Ravens can actually do. Flip mm-hmm. that around though. Back to Patrick Queen. Yeah. Um, I think defensively, Roquan Smith did enough for them to honestly feel like dealing Patrick Queen is going to get mm-hmm. them something good. So I don't want to completely bury the Ravens yet. That's where I'm at today. I want to see sure. what happens with Queen because I think that they don't need Queen now that Roquan's there and he's gotten mm-hmm. paid. Yeah. They, they can they can survive with mid-range linebacker play from Patrick Queen and then Malik mm-hmm. Harris in the last two years. Now with Roquan and anybody else, it's going to be better. So it yeah. makes sense they would want to move on from Patrick Queen and there are plenty of teams that need a guy like Patrick Quinn. He may stay in the mm-hmm. division. I mean, yeah. Steelers need a running linebacker. I won't lie mm-hmm. to you. He played with Joe Burrow. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know how that would work out necessarily, but this is a new era of the NFL as well. We're seeing a lot of teams do a lot more trades, but back in the yeah. day, you know, things like that were, you know, kind of, oh, we don't mess with those guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is an NFL that's run by the Plessy V, you know, uh, spreadsheet boys uh, sure. in Ohio. So <laughs> yeah. what are you going to do? So yeah. may- maybe Patrick Queen ends up on the Bengals. Um, we'll see. That's that's a pretty he, big yeah. story. He definitely has. You said, you're a, Buck- you said you're a Buck fan, though. You guys yeah. have some linebacker issues. What's up with the, what's up with your dude down there? We Another do. We do. Um, the Bucks linebackers, uh, you know, if you had asked me this question two years ago, especially during our Super Bowl run, you could make the argument that they were the core of our team. And I mean, on both sides of the ball uh, between uh, White and David and honestly, even um, Jason Pierre Paul rotating in different ways. Shaq Barrett. I mean, we've completely fallen off the cliff. But if you're white, you know, I'm thinking he's he's overvaluing his contributions to the team. He struggled mightily the last two years, despite having the high ceiling that he does as a player. Um, he's streaky. He has streaky games um, where he flies high, but uh, as the team kind of goes, as the team goes. And if they want to move on from him, I'll be extremely disappointed. But as a team who's sneaking their way into a rebuild without saying that they're in a rebuild, I wouldn't mind trading him for some very nice capital. Yeah, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of the Bucks, you know, we wanted to say, you know, Shaq Barrett, tragedy yeah. happened his family yesterday absolutely absolutely terrible Mm -hmm. um i wouldn't be shocked and i wouldn't say a a word and i hope nobody would if he never plays another snap of football again Mm -hmm. if he just you know this is this is a big deal i don't know how many people that listen to this have kids or anything like that but Mm -hmm. as a father myself like i can just tell you i his whole world is completely different today than he ever thought it would be so Mm -hmm. um you know thoughts and prayers going to that family especially from the idp side of things shaq Ferris helped a lot of people Mm -hmm. win some championships for idp he helped the bucks Mm -hmm. win a big big trophy down there that wasn't a little thing that he did uh for tampa bay so um We just want to let the you know the family and the organization know what we're about him today. So. Absolutely, amazing player, getting a lot of support and love. He means a lot to the community. They're um, they're trying everything they can to take care of him. So happy to hear that. Yeah, tra- tra- absolutely tragic. I'm looking at mm-hmm. the dead cap here that we would hit though if Patrick Queen mm-hmm. were to stick around. I mean, they they get rid of him and they're going to say twelve million dollars. Mm-hmm. I just don't see a world where they don't get rid of him somehow today. So, well, um, here's my question to you, and you kind of tiptoed, or not tiptoed. You you mentioned this earlier. You don't think the Ravens really are any worse off without him than they might be with him, even if he could still be a benefit to another team with his transferable skill set. I don't think no, because again, the Ravens have been fine at linebacker with Patrick mm-hmm. Queen and Lee Harris. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Patrick Queen is exponentially less good. I said that backwards. Yeah. Then Roquan Smith, you know what I mean. So, oh, yeah. and, if, and if Trenton Simpson or I think is mm-hmm. you know better than Willie Karras, theoretically, mm-hmm. it's a much better linebacking core even without Patrick Queen. You know, yeah. we don't even know that we don't even know that Patrick Queen is as good as the guy they just drafted, Trenton. We don't know that. So no, we it don't. Makes sense to, yeah. It makes sense to make so free up some of that money. And again. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that this is the Ravens team that's going to roll out. I just can't believe that looking at it. Like, even with OBJ, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they they drafted – who they drafted? Zay, Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. with Zay Flowers, 
Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to bring somebody, something else is going to happen here, and it's yeah. going to have to, honestly. I don't know who yeah. or what that's going to be. Maybe yeah. Deontay, you know, Deontay Johnson. I don't know. There needs to be some moves. I mean, the concern if you're a Ravens fan is that as the offense potentially rounds into more form, if it does, that's a huge if, that the defense slides and you're looking at, um, you know, you haven't made any more progress overall as a team than you had last year. Um, and that's, you know, that that's going to be a big issue for them going into the rest of the offseason is, you know, have they turned a corner and is everybody all smiles and they're going to go in and they're going to compete and try to win the division. And, you know, it, like you said, there's a, there's potential that this is the third worst quarterback in the division. That doesn't mean that he sucks. That just means no. that they play in arguably the hardest division in football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Kenny Pickett's not that good. I'll be real. I'm a realist. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's okay. He's a young but again. The f- crazy part is Kenny Pickett sucks. Okay, let's just be real. Kenny Pickett sucks. I know Kenny Pickett's gonna throw 3,500 fucking yards this year. You know what I mean? I don't care how many yards Lamar Jackson runs. I know Kenny Pickett can at least bang when it comes down to it with his arm in a game. Sure. So I'll ask you this. Let me put a hypothetical there. If if Lamar Jackson had AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, do you think he's putting up Jalen Hurts numbers? I mean, yeah, but the thing is, Jalen Hurst didn't put up crazy numbers. What did he get, like 3,800 yards 3,700, uh, 37 that's yards. Not that crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's not that crazy. They're blowing I mean, teams again, out, though. Blowing that's teams not out. crazy, but mm-hmm. Lamar hasn't even hit 3,500 yards, and he's been in the league for five, six years. Yeah. He has an he MVP. Did. Jalen Hurts just got some new toys, barely mm-hmm. got a starting job. You know sure. what I'm saying? So does your tune change if they acquire DeAndre Hopkins? No. DeAndre not at Hopkins. all. Wow. I don't like DeAndre Hopkins. I don't Ooh. think I don't and I think that nobody I mean look at what's happening. I just said mm-hmm. this on the show the other day. The only people that want DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. right now are Bill's Twitter. Love Bill's Twitter, <laughs> but Bill's Twitter is thirsty. Who doesn't Bill's Twitter want? Even mildly available, mildly yeah. good player. They are yeah. so thirsty. Love I get Bill. it. They, I, yeah, okay? I get it. Yeah, they Who's the other people that want DeAndre Hopkins. The Arizona yeah. Cardinals. The mm-hmm. most the, the if when you think of an organization that has the worst discerning discernment ability when it comes to bringing players into their organization to be useful over the last five years, mm, oh Arizona Cardinals struggle bus uh, their judgment yeah. sucks. So those two people are the two most thirsty. Okay, mm-hmm. who else is the names run out there? The Baltimore Ravens. Oh, mm-hmm. talk about a legacy of wide receivers, Rashad Perryman. Uh, I mean, I get I just nobody. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like the people that want him are not the people that show indication of being good at yeah. what you're going to be doing. Yeah. Basically, everybody who has a wide receiver too that isn't somebody you would consider a top 20 wide receiver, most of those fan bases think that he's just the automatic plug and play. And he might be, but you know, it just depends on your quarterback and what you're capable of doing. I mean, he's um if they would have brought him on instead of Arizona three or four years ago, yes. You know what I mean? And I think that if Lamar ended up with a guy that was like that in his prime right now, somebody that – like if they gave him Debo Samuel, like somebody that like could ignite a little bit of a spark, you know what I mean? Somebody like that where I'm like, okay, I've seen this guy do it a little bit. I know that he can do a little bit on his own. You yeah. know, maybe you know. I mean, even Hollywood. I think we would have seen the best of Hollywood if he would have stayed sure. there. You know I mean? yeah. like, Hollywood's time in. Uh, I don't. I'm tired yeah. of getting guys on the way down or trying to catch a guy from the bottom mm-hmm. and help him get up with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's what they're trying with Zay Flowers. But like you're saying, that's not a definite. Like that could not work out. They need somebody who we know will work out that you don't have to worry about. They think that OBJ is that move, and I mean, a lot of us yeah, are sitting I mean, here. Again, judge yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, a lot of us are sitting here still wondering if this is offense is actually any better than it was last year. I'll be curious to see how much they use like Isaiah likely this year because they're bringing Todd Munkin in who ran a lot of great tight end sets in Georgia. So maybe they double down on their strongest position on offense. Who knows? And also could he could just be a flash in the pan. I just think that we need to – I hope that Lamarck moves forward in his passing game, not in efficiency. Mm-hmm. I know everyone loves it. I just need – I want him to do some volume. You know what I mean? I want him to be in some of these big games. Where he does too, by the way. He wants that also. <laughs> I think that he wants yeah, that too. So we'll him, see. I mean, Baltimore Ravens, y'all need to get your coaches and all your people, put them in that position. You know what I mean? Like – Put him in that spot. All right, we've talked a lot about Baltimore. Let's talk about another uh, kind of a, a, a team that has a lot of fans. We brought them up already. Let's talk about the Bills. They just signed Latavius Murray, okay? Mm-hmm. Number one, 
Big shout out Latavius Murray. Okay, so this guy's been around. We've been around for a minute. Let's give Latavius Murray his due. He's outlasted Todd mm. Gurley. He's mm. outlasted Melvin Gordon. He's um, outlasted. I mean, he's outlasted basically everybody that came in the league with him. Yeah. He's still going. Well, he Bell, all of them. Team. He just ended up on the Bills, guys. Like this dude's like, man, I might just post up and give me a ring. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> Big ups to him, but how do you yeah. feel about him signing there with the combination of you know Damian Harris? Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much their only running back right now. They, they move Singletary to Houston. Yeah, they're still they still got James Cook. So what they're trying to do is, Cook, I mean, it's what, it's it's what a lot of these you know upper echelon teams try to do is you know instead of having one running back that can do it all, they have three guys that can do a little bit of everything. Which I mean saves them. It's almost like uh, hedging in case one of them gets hurt. They still have the skill sets the others provide. Um, but you know the top teams just don't really value you know the do it all running back like we do as fantasy players or like a lot of the other players in the league do. I mean you look at the Chiefs, you look at the Bills, you know you look at the Bengals. A lot of these teams are providing these like committee esque approaches. And I mean I like Murray, but I mean I'm not sure if. You know, he's a huge guy. He's almost six four. It's one of the biggest running backs that's ever played. He was like, he's like if he's like probably the closest thing to Derrick Henry in the league. That's not Derrick Henry. Yeah. No, that's I mean honestly, that's and that's what he's been for years, and that's why he keeps finding his way onto teams, and that's why he keeps vulturing points for my guys. Well, I just uh, looked at his. They put a stat line here. I didn't realize this. One hundred and sixty carries last year. He's thirty three mm-hmm. right yeah. now. So he's thirty two. One hundred and sixty carries at thirty two is pretty meaningful, but seven hundred and three mm-hmm. yards. That's a lot of yards. Yeah. I mean, that that's good. And that was on the Broncos. They weren't even, yeah. I mean, no. I, I really think that we might have some sneaky, some sneaky upside here, you know, on this no. team that is trying to find their running identity. You know, yeah. I think that, that we can say that and have been for a while. Uh, Latavius Murray could be that guy at the goal line. So, I mean, you yeah. know, if you want to put somebody in and don't make Josh Allen run it in. That's I what mean, they need. Guy right here. Yeah, a move like that indicates to me that they really are trying to be more careful with Josh, who really wasn't the same after that UCL injury last year. And you bring in, I mean, who who do you pick your poison? Do you want Josh Allen running you over at the goal line, or do you want Latavius Murray running you over at the goal line? I mean, if I'm, a, I mean, they're huge, they're big guys. So if I'm the Bills, I mean, you're just trying to. They didn't really fix big areas of need, in my opinion, in the draft. But, I mean, they were the two seed. They really don't have that much more to go. They just have to play better. Well, and that's the thing. The Bills the last few years, if, you know, pay attention, you know, I'm sure you have to. Like, they don't – they don't, they haven't changed a lot in the last three years. They've made small tweaks, you know, move this guy, you know, moved on from Cole Beasley, brought John Brown back, you know, moved on from Isaiah McKenzie. You know, they brought Shaq Lawson back. You know, they're they're moving, got the kept Jordan Poyer. They still got Hyde. You know, they brought in Hamlin, Hamlin, you know. So these are small moves. They're still rocking Tredavious White out here. You know, they're still Teron Johnson. These are the same bills that, you know, we saw play in the playoffs essentially in 2019, 2020, uh, whenever that first real kind of big year was for them. So they, and they've been good, you know, and that's the thing, like you said, they, they've stayed very good. They're making small tweaks. Um, I would be curious on how I bet Latavius Murray is an elite pass blocker if I had to look too. Um, you know, just knowing how big he is, he's probably going to open up a lot of options. I know he's got pretty soft hands. He wasn't always used like that. But I had him what year was that? 2016, I think, the year that Derek Carr broke his leg. I remember I had Latavius Murray on a team that year. And he was just he was a lot of fun. I just remember having a lot of fun with Latavius Murray. So getting him on the Bills, I think, is going to be fun. Uh, you Those know, guys. for fantasy purposes, it's obviously going to be three different guys. You know, I think they're all three just going to be in that flex range, you know, honestly. Um, and if you got one, you probably don't want to rely on them, but you'll probably rather have a Bills running back than not have a Bills running back. Because if one of them gets sick, you know, gets traded or gets moved or is inactive, mm-hmm. you're looking at a little bit of uh, you're looking at some up, sneaky upside. We're back where we started. He has, I'm just looking right now, and this will confirm what you just said. He has one of the highest pass blocking grades of any running back average wise over the last four or five seasons. So that, um, you know, for a team that doesn't really pass the ball to its uh, running backs that much. Um, I mean, they're just, they're like, they're doubling down on their core philosophy, just like the Chiefs, just like the Bengals, these teams that didn't make any big splash moves throughout the draft. They're just running it back because they all know that they're there. They all know that they're a few drives away from playing in the Super Bowl. 
Yep, yep. I love it. I mean, you see a lot of that too with the Seahawks. I mean, these teams are just like, yeah, we're not going to do a whole big overhaul. And then they saw kind of what happens when you do that. You know, you put yourself in a weird position later on down the road, a la the Rams. You know, you you churn in a lot of guys, you make a lot of things happen all at once, but that's not like a consistent group of people that are really going to sure. be there for a while. No, absolutely. All right. So, well, still in, in this sort of area, or just another talking point. Joe Mixon, uh, Bengals coach, says, is here with the team. <laughs> uh, he, maybe he's just stating a fact because, gosh, I hope that they have plans. I hope that they have some plans. The next quote is even better. I like Joe Mixon, Taylor added. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. Thanks, Taylor. It's good to get your insight on the, uh, oh, the situation. Oh, boy. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to stretch those two quotes into 1,800 words, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's really let's zoom in on this excellent analysis he's giving us right uh, now. Joe Mixon is here with the team, and I like him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey! <laughs> All right. Thanks, Zach Taylor. We appreciate it. I don't really know what's going to be going on with him. I mean, he's one of these rare guys that's kind of been with the same team for a while now. I yeah. mean, the second contract running back. Um They've never given up on him. He's had these moments where he's looked like the best running back in the entire NFL. And then he's had these moments where he looks like he spends too much time hanging out in Las Vegas with Alvin Kamara. You know, we just don't really know what Joe Mixon we're going to get. And, but we do know that he's generally on the Bengals. So what what are your thoughts on this? I know they drafted a guy late. Who did they get? Was it uh, Chase Brown? Yeah, Chase Brown. Chase Brown, and who actually currently, I mean, I know it's early, but who already sits and projects to be number two on the depth chart. Um, I'm surprised by this, honestly. Um, I'm not, I didn't think that Joe Mixon's career was over by any stretch of the means, but he faded pretty quickly. I mean, he was overtaken by P. Ryan from almost every important metric that you can use to measure a running back, including what's probably the most important for a team in the playoffs is pass blocking grade. I mean, Joe Mixon had one of the worst pass blocking grades in the league last year. Um, and that's not, you know, the end all be all, but you know, he had less RB one finishes. No, I apologize. He had less top 10 RB finishes than Samaje P Ryan did last year. And he started all, but, uh, I think like three or four games. <laughs> so, I mean, he just, you know, the, this, I, I don't know. Does the team know something we don't, I know that their outside zone rushing attack is like, or it's the core of their offense. It sets up all their, you know, one-on-one passing plays, pushing the ball down the field. I don't know. I'm just I'm completely confused by the idea to not address this whatsoever. Yeah, they, they seem to be, you know, just kind of just running kind of like the Chiefs do with running back, where it's just mm-hmm. like we're not looking necessarily for a prolific, you know, or to run a guy into the dirt, you know, Mixon, mm-hmm. while he maybe could be that guy, you know, I mean, they mm-hmm. lost a Super Bowl because they put P. Ryan out there, you know, and P. Ryan's mm-hmm. still on the team, you know, he gets run. So I think they really do like the committee approach. And I think my kind of takeaway is when Zach Wilson says something, you know, kind of boring, like I like Joe Mixon. I think, he, you know, that's kind of the kind of person Zach, maybe Zach Taylor is, the coach he is. Like he does say these things about all of his guys and then he keeps them around. Like Very matter of fact. Yeah. So maybe we should, you know, I opened up with a big laugh there, but maybe we should take that as like, you know, Zach Taylor is doing what he can for his guys. He is here. And, you know, maybe the subtext is as long as I'm around and, you know, things are not going completely south, Joe Mixon is our guy. You know, maybe sure. that's the subtext of what we're, we're hearing here. So yeah, you're right. And there's there's a good chance that, you know, they're looking at that and they're going, while the run is important, our team is Joe, Chase, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase and T Higgins. And then everyone after that plug and play, it doesn't matter. And that could be, you know, that could be the philosophy for them going in. You know, they lost P. Ryan to the Broncos, but there's still room for them to bring in Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette. There were no – that's what was so surprising about the NFL draft is I didn't think there were any uh, game-changing trades or acquisitions or anything. Not like there was last offseason. Last offseason was an absolute whirlwind of good players changing teams and probably expected to have immediate impacts. And we're just at a lack for that right now. So maybe there's you know some room for that still. Yeah, it was a lot of, uh, you know, we noted for the IDP side of things, a lot of linebackers mm-hmm. moved, you know, this year. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily big, big names, you know, because, I mean, Devin White's still where he is. Shaq Leonard's mm-hmm. still where he is. Roquan moved in December, you know. But yeah. we did have a lot of these, like, kind of touted linebackers, you know, TJ mm-hmm. Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, 
uh, guys like that kind of bouncing around here, there, everywhere. There's a few mm-hmm. other guys I'm not mentioning, but you kind of know what I mean there. Um, so it's it's like you said, it's been kind of uh, interesting to watch these teams sort of adapt or not adapt, you know. Sure. And you but also like I don't want to dive too deep into it, but Joe Mixon's name has popped up this offseason for reasons he would not like them to pop up. So that's also kind of an unspoken part of this is, you know, and that's that's actually, you know, I don't want to say it's an underrated factor, but um, it could play into, you know, fantasy purposes. It could extremely yeah. play the coming season. Yeah, definitely. His overall value. I mean, it just it's just one more knock. You know what I mean? As, you know, yeah. as you get older and more than, you know, just the workload piles up and that's just not something you want, you know? No, so of course yeah. it is what it is. I'm looking here at some other notable news. Honestly, there's just a lot of like, restricted unrestricted free agency yeah. signings i just want to like remind people most of these deep sleepers most of these unrestricted mm-hmm. guys even guys in like around f- three four five you know i don't mm-hmm. count on those players for meaningful fantasy production ever mm-hmm. yeah. you know but definitely not year one and even mm-hmm. the guys you're drafting in your first one two three rounds you know guys that were drafted in the nfl draft you know one mm-hmm. two three rounds i think it is it's not wise to rely on those players for your fantasy teams. You want, you want that, you know, that's the hope that you get a day one, maybe week three starter, like a Justin Jefferson, something Mm -hmm. happens like that. It can happen. Um, But a lot more times than that happening, a lot more times than you being the guy who drafted Amon Ross St. Brown late in the second, Mm -hmm. you're the guy that drafted Terrace Marshall late in the second. Okay. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me how I know that. Uh, (laughs) Hypothetically speaking. Yeah, I've never, I don't know, just a hypothetical situation <laughs> I pulled out of the sky. Never, sure. you know, never heard of that in my life. But it could happen to you, you know. So I'm just saying at this point in the season, you really want to focus on, you know, the players that have shown something already, mm-hmm. which again circles back to what we know. We, um, Jameer Gibbs, mm-hmm. there's this guy on Twitter, smart guy, you know, big fantasy guy. I think his name's yep. Scott Barrett. Mm-hmm. He tweeted last night that Jameer Gibbs is his number three running back behind only B. John Robinson mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I mean, that's it's insanity tough. to me. You know <laughs> what I mean? Tough. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, yeah. Let's just be real. The archetype mm-hmm. of the player that Jameer Gibbs is, mm-hmm. is what DeAndre Swift just was, you know? And mm-hmm. it's interesting to see people completely dump on DeAndre Swift for having all of the exact same things going for him that Jameer Gibbs had going for him. There are other players that are into this mold of a player, Travis Etienne, for mm. instance, Miles Sanders, yeah, you know, for instance. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I just mentioned him. Who did I literally just say? Oh, anyway, those are two yeah. players right there off the top of my head. I, J.K. Dobbins might fall into that, where it's the pass mm. catching seems to be yeah. pushing them up these rankings. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift. There was a time, yeah. friend. All of those names, a time is, I mean, a year and a half ago at most, that most of those names were top five, top eight, top 10 dynasty running backs. And if you didn't have them there, something was wrong with you. But they had never actually been there before. Sure. Well, it's what you want, right? Yeah. That archetype is now just being applied straight to Jameer Gibbs Mm -hmm. by Javante Williams. Big vibes guy. Broke tackles, you know, did all the right stuff. Yeah. You know, look at all the numbers, you know, mm-hmm. when we when we diagram his entire life and we focus in on this one metric. Yeah, he's literally the greatest thing that's ever happened. And that's Bump great. Him up. Yeah. But running back three in Dynasty. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It, so, it, it doesn't make any sense to me either um, for a multitude of reasons. You just covered a lot of them. But also, I mean. It's not exactly as if the Lions have been this running back factory. If you were going to pencil in, like, look what the Lions were able to do every year with, you know, insert blank, you know, like like a Philadelphia or like a San Francisco um, or even like an L.A. Rams to a lesser extent, you know, but they really just haven't been that. Um, I I feel very mixed about the pick overall. Um, I'm sure he, he's going to have a fine career, and I'm sure he'll do some great things. In he's great. I yeah. love him. He, but yeah. he'll never, ever, mm. ever – ever lay it down <laughs> be a top three dynasty running back in reality now mm-hmm. i say that the market value may be there for a moment and if mm-hmm. that moment coming cash in if you got them friend yeah I mean, get it while they're getting is good okay because yeah. it ain't gonna get that good again 
Mm-hmm. Once people get him on the field and they're like, oh, 12 touches a game mm-hmm. and no goal line work. Oh, it's so, oh, but the yards per route run. Oh, this isn't a yards per route run premium league for running mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Screwed. Oh, oh. <laughs> Screwed. Oh, well, I, I got some angry. I got some angry tweets to send out once that starts happening. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's also crazy that efficiency is held against every player except for the vibes guy that everyone likes. He's yeah, so efficient, well, so we're going to push him way up here. Yeah. He can't be the outlier. He'll never regress to the mean. Not this guy. He's my no. guy. Well, that's the thing. You can, first. Yeah, you can always find any you, – you, if you torture the numbers enough, they'll tell you whatever they, you want them to tell you. And he, It's just – it's just – it's not – it's not good faith. It's not presented mm-hmm. in good faith, and it's not earnest. It's not an earnest analysis and earnest assessment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not. I don't know how you. And if it is, walk me through it step by step, please. Mm-hmm. Don't just say something like that because I yeah. I'm interested, but I want to yeah. see how a guy who is projected for maybe 180 touches, mm-hmm. that's a high end. Yeah, is in the same tier, let alone right behind guys who are projected like 340 touches. Yeah, I'm on I, their high side, on their median side. Yeah, you're not going to find an answer from me. It's people who are high on Gibbs coming out of the draft, and then the Lions way overreach for him. I'm telling they, this was he was the project. He was not even projected to be a day one pick until two days before the draft, and then the Lions, you know, they trade back smartly and then they take him. I would have preferred. And they have David Montgomery. <laughs> Who yeah. has been more than capable the last mm-hmm. three years? Doesn't mm-hmm. get hurt, runs right between the tackles like he's supposed to. Hands are okay. He absolutely he's he is. Gonna, he's not, you know, he's not God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he's not, he doesn't fumble. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows where to be when he's supposed to be there. He's not fat. He's not Leonard Fournette, you know, or Eddie yeah. Lacey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there's there there that's another team that understands that you have to have two hands to fight the running back battle. And I don't think that they're ever gonna give a single exactly. player they're not gonna give a single player the reins, I don't think. And that's what prevents him from being in that top, top, top upper group. Yes. And it's like mm-hmm. it's almost like when you look at it, you zoom out, it's like they brought in a guy like David Montgomery to protect mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs. That guy's a weapon. You don't give a weapon 25 touches a game. This isn't Ezekiel Elliott, okay? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't the 2016 Cowboys or whatever. Like, yeah. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Tough I, stuff. I, I just felt like that needed to be said. And again, this is, I mean, I love Jameer Gibbs. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think if you have an honest conversation and you do, if you do the projections, mm-hmm. if you do the math, you can, it's impossible. Pushing him into wide and running back three is just impossible. I just don't understand how that works. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know if it's propaganda or if you're just. It has so, to be. Well, it's. Yeah. <laughs> but again, there it is. It's like, are we presenting? Are we presenting earnest fantasy mm-hmm. football insights and analysis yeah. in good faith, or are we clickbait impression farming mm-hmm. so that we can sell ad money against it? Yeah, I, I would love to see gun to your head. Would you, you know, I would love to come to the analysts who have him ranked that high and have a little gun to your head. Is this actually your ranking or are no. you just, or are you just on the, uh, are you basking? It's a gun to your head. head. Like, can I make a phone call? Or like, who are you going to call? They're like PFF's front office. Let's get Jack Collinsworth on the phone. I got a phone. Yeah. Is this guy good or not? Tell me, is this player good? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have PFF up on my computer. Don't kill me. They took him at 12. He's got to be. That's where they took took Dalvin Cook. Well, they made up for their plus EV now from all their good picks later. Yeah. And before we close on this, I'd like to really hammer home. You can be down on a player's ranking and doesn't mean you're down on the player. And like you said yourself several times throughout that conversation, you're still high on him. You like what he can be there. Um, But you have to take in the context of the entire situation, the team philosophy, what they're good at, how they use players. It all matters. Yep. If you have him on your dynasty team as your running back one, do not anticipate winning a championship at any point in Slaying. the future. Slaying if takes one, right now. If he's your earnest number one running back, you are in big fucking trouble, homie. Mm-hmm. So. Tough stuff. Tough stuff. <laughs> All right. What do we want to talk about next? Like I said, we're just kind of free flowing here. You know, grateful. Sure. So What's up I with wanted, Zeke? My buddy. I, oh, go no, ahead. I got, I got one real quick, and I have to give a shout out because I've never. This is more of a team thing. I want to throw some love to the Raiders. 
um, just really quickly. The Raiders broke what is almost a 10-year streak of not making a horrific early round draft pick and or fumbling the bag. Um, I've been, I was dumping on them all off season, mainly they're an easy target and they're easy cannon fodder and their fans are easy to rile up. But, um, I mean, there's just a team that's had so many opportunities over the years and have just stepped on rakes continually. Uh, but they took a great player that fills a huge need at number seven with Tyree Wilson, a guy who could have gone, you know, he was projected maybe as high as two or three that day. Um, and it was very on Raiders like for them to just kind of knuckle down and not make a headline grabbing pick. So I just wanted to give some shout out there. They also made a very smart decision. They were attempting to trade into the late first round to take Michael Maher. Um, the Chiefs wanted a third round pick. They said, you know what? Too rich for our blood. They didn't make the dumb Raiders pick. And he ends up falling to them at 35 anyways. So I just want to give some shout out to them. Um, if they could fire McDaniels and bring in a real coach, this is the team to be set up to succeed. Yeah, that's no joke. It's funny, the whole <laughs> Bill Belichick coaches going out thing. It's just weird. It's just weird at this point. It's, it's tactical. Odd. There's something to it. There's more than just coincidence, man. I've always been a big Bill does everything guy, and it's being proven more by the day. <laughs> he runs the whole league. <laughs> he does it all, man. He's literally like if you like when, if somebody ran up to Roger Goodell at the draft podium and pulled his face off, mm -hmm. Bill Belichick, Scooby Doo style, it's Belichick. Yeah, running, literally running the Scooby Doo style. <laughs> <laughs> and I got away with it too. He's planting cameras at the he's planting cameras at the Orchid Day Spa in Florida for Robert Kraft to get busted. I mean, yeah, I that ain't a lie. There, yeah, see, <laughs> real. Now you're talking my language. I, yeah. I'm, I'm with that. I like that deep and state the, stuff. All that deep stuff. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's see here. What else do we want to talk about? What other big... So do you have any, um, you know, we're talking about guys. You mentioned Joe Mixon earlier as a guy who, you know, was saved basically by the draft and or the lack of moves that the Bengals have made. Um, is there anybody, I'll, I'll run through a few guys that I think uh, fit that mold as well as guys whose seasons were potentially saved, careers, who knows. So you let me know. I'm going to run through a couple and let me know if any pop out and you want to talk about. So yep. Isaiah Pacheco, Antonio Gibson, JK. I was Collins. already I'm already just to stop on Pacheco, I'm already Please. a huge Pacheco guy. His ADP, mm -hmm. his his keep trade cut value is like dynasty running back 25. Last time I checked, makes no yeah. sense at all. Mm -hmm. I've made like probably three or four videos over the last mm -hmm. two months telling people, go get Isaiah Pacheco, go get yeah. Pacheco on your team. His ADP is his, his RB ranking of 20 yeah. or 25. And this was, and I would juxtapose it every time against J.K. Dobbins, who was like sure. running back 10. And mm -hmm. I was like, which of these players is actually really good <laughs> and has actually ever done anything? So, yeah, yeah I'm big. Pacheco's free money right now, like yeah. free money. It was, it was annoying to see how many people were, like the day the Chiefs, the day after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, how many people were literally had a drafted tweet that was like, you know, don't expect the Chiefs to stay with Isaiah Pacheco. Like he's a seventh round pick. Yada yada yada. Like you have a speed score. That's enough money in him. And I'm a <laughs> money, I know a lot about draft capital and money now because I yeah. have the internet. Yeah, they just they want that like counter take. And the guys who have his kind of speed score don't go away. He may not have a full 10 year career with the Chiefs, but like look at Raheem Mostert. I mean, guys that are that fast and can fit into these like powerful outside run schemes, they just always have a role in the league they always will be available in some way or another yep and one of the things that one of the reasons and the things the great thing about being an idp fantasy football person mm -hmm. someone that plays all types of fantasy is mm -hmm. one of the things i keyed into was isaiah pacheco had 700 kick return yards this year y'all okay now, Damn, you know, i didn't even know that that's return, a gem you don't, you don't think that's seven football fields of return yards for a guy that you didn't get any of those fancy points, so you all don't even think they exist. They don't matter, okay? <laughs> but they're out but there. You'll listen, you'll, but you'll sit there and listen to Evan Silva be like, oh, yeah, guy's kick returner. He's really good, and he'll fly up your draft board. Hmm. Do your research, folks. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco been him, okay? There's hmm. a reason they let Miko Hardman walk out the door, too. You know, they're like, I mean, this guy can catch the kicks. He's already wearing number 10, like my man Kels or you know Tyreek. Hmm. He caught all but two passes they threw to him. And, it, and the workload continued. He basically forced Jarek McKinnon, who was a god from week like eight oh, to yeah. like 13. Yes, he was. Off the fucking field after yeah. that and said, this is my job now. Melvin Gordon never touched the NFL field when he signed with the Chiefs. Ronald Jones never touched the fucking field. CEH never fucking touched the field again. And again, mm -hmm. he snatched that chain right off Jarek McKinnon's neck. Okay. 
Those are not four running backs you have never heard of. Okay. I mean, it's just what I'm saying again. Like you said, everybody's like, oh, he's a seventh round pick and then mm-hmm. the money's not that. I don't give a damn. Like, pay, no. I mean, like, Tyreek Hill was a seventh round or fourth round pick too. And y'all, I mean, y'all just, just use your, it does, doesn't even take an imagination. Yeah. I, I think look that, at the facts right in front of you and yeah. have an honest, earnest conversation. Mm-hmm. The, there's a lot of people that have been, and I think this happens a lot. And I think it's happening with, it, you can find it almost anywhere. People have been burned by the Chiefs running back spot going back just after Kareem Hunt, right? So Damian Williams, CEH, Darwin Thompson, Darrell Williams, like guys that have never quite stuck but were relevant and people go, hey, I want the Chiefs running back. They're going to be in the end zone, the red zone, goal line, all that stuff. Uh, And so they're going to continue to write off these guys that don't profile as like top three running backs when in reality – the Chiefs actually have a pretty excellent eye for scouting talent, and they give guys the opportunities when they've proven they can handle it, like Jarek McKinnon and like Pacheco. I mean, it's it's not it's not complicated. Yeah, like you said, it's not complicated. They have a way of finding these guys, and they'll get them on the field, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just that simple. And, the, again, you pointed to, again, this is that other side of that coin that we talk about a lot here, too. There's the quantitative variables. That's all mm-hmm. the numbers. And there's yeah. the qualitative variables. That's everything that can't be put into your spreadsheet. And one of those things is, you know, how these players kind of get assessed and how they, you know, and how priors, like you mm-hmm. said, people being burned five, six years in a row because they put everything on that next Chiefs running back and it didn't mm-hmm. hit. So now they're off. You're seeing it right now with Sky Moore. There were guys literally, I've, there, are, there are bodies all over the Sky Moore hill. I mean, they're mm. impaled. I mean, they're, <laughs> pros are picking at them. Okay, in the fourth, sixth, I don't know, whatever round y'all are taking them in. in yeah. Yeah. Those same people, because they were burned by him and because they went so hard, I mean, they've literally super glued their mouth shut on Rasheed yeah. Rice right now. Mm-hmm. Why? And the, you going farther back, look at me, Cole Hardman. No one ever even heard of him that draft cycle. Mm-hmm. Goes in the first round, people took him at 106 in rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. They've been burned, so now they're just moving away. And you're yeah. seeing these situations. Nothing's changed. It's mm-hmm. just you were wrong that time. Yeah, all the same stuff can apply to this guy. Maybe, maybe that guy was just a bust. But to say mm-hmm. that guy was a bust would mean that you evaluated him wrong. So let's just blame the situation. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. again, it's one of these qualitative variables where if you listen and you watch enough, you're like, why is this argument suddenly not pertinent to this player? Yeah, you know. Sure. Um, you're right. No, it's 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 there. You just can't look at two players who look the same and have played the same position, drafted by the same team um similar in age similar athletic profiles and think that they played the game the same way the chiefs yeah. haven't had a, f- a runner a fast violent runner like pacheco since probably kareem hunt and you can make an argument that he's even more, a better runner than kareem hunt yeah uh, maybe well, not for an him, it was jamal yeah. charles you know yeah, but that, yeah. Was it. that was it that's who he profiles more like dry yeah. yeah and they value the chiefs value the run and they've committed to the run when they have a guy that can handle it they just haven't had guys that can handle it that is my one worry with pacheco though is the way he runs it reminds me of two players i don't like it reminded me of thomas rawls and christine michael because he just i mean he he, he's running at you like it's almost like he's a linebacker and he's trying to like he wants to hit you there's a couple of plays it's kind of crazy because he didn't even break that many tackles from what Mm -hmm. i saw but Mm -hmm. it's just the force with which he makes his hits like he doesn't slow down like and because of that maybe he doesn't break the tackles but it seems like Mm -hmm. all when he gets tackled he always Mm -hmm. gets an extra yard or two even though he's tackled at a certain spot so let's say he gets tackled like the five because he's hit that guy so hard he falls down to like the seven or eight. It doesn't go down mm-hmm. as a broken tackle. And I noticed that because I've watched a lot of this stuff, but it's still, you're getting yard, yards after contact. He had a shit ton of yards after contact. Almost half mm-hmm. his yards came after contact. That's where you start to notice little things. And again, yards per contact, that kind of went out of style. You know, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's yard, what is it? It's um, it's broken tackles per carry by yeah. the attempter. I don't know, whatever. I get you got it. No, you got it. Yeah, anyway, yeah. we made it through your first running back. <laughs> yeah, night hey, we get that's that's a big one though because that's a people, big one. You know, and he's the, going to, and just for a practical standpoint, mm-hmm. he's going to rise up so quick in the next week to two weeks everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. if you are in rookie drafts right now and you think you can mm-hmm. make a trade for Isaiah Pacheco for like a second, mm-hmm. and you know you're looking at maybe uh, Cabernet or Charbonnet sure. or whatever, 
then maybe that's a trade you could make to get somebody that you maybe yeah. have a little more faith in and know something about. So that's just inaction. Yeah, absolutely. Come, I mean, as we approach redraft season also, uh, that'll be a running back I'll be targeting frequently, especially in zero RB drafts, hero RB drafts. That'll be a, a, a massive target of mine. Because, yep. uh, you know, it's just, he doesn't have the name brand value that a lot of these other guys have, which makes okay. for scoop ups circle back around again this is crazy because i mean it's taking me because these are again these aren't numbers nobody tweets these numbers out but again <laughs> like people started him week one last year smart yeah. people in fantasy football drafted and started him and he burned them and again mm. there's where this like i'm not in isaiah pacheco because when i was he let me <laughs> down and i can say that because there are tons of players that have done that to me but i'll say it i'm like yeah i have a i have a bias against so and so because he burned me so yeah. take everything I say with a grain of fucking salt about this guy. You yeah. know what I mean? But at least it's acknowledged. That's another thing. Sure. You actually acknowledge bias instead of like pretend that you can just erase it out yeah. of your equation. That's not how. Yeah. You got to you got to know that a team like the Chiefs are going to be streaky. You know, CEH, McKinnon and Pacheco all had stints as the guy <laughs> there. So you got to know that like, like don't don't play the immediate results. Let it. it it's a long season. Let it develop. Bingo. Yeah. So the uh, here's a similar one ish, and it's only because the offensive coordinator was just on the Chiefs, and now he's on the Commanders. Antonio Gibson, what do you think about him? I love him. I love nice. him and Brian Robinson. I won a championship with uh, Brian Robinson last year, so I mean, I like him. He's a good flex play. Antonio nice. Gibson, another player. I mean, they're both. You know, they're probably going to finish the season as you know back end RB twos, mid range yeah. RB twos for different reasons. Mm -hmm. But the thing I like about Gibson is we've seen him with the workload. Two years ago, I think he had the third most touches behind only Jonathan Taylor, Derrick mm -hmm. Henry, and Najee Harris. I think the next guy was uh, Antonio Gibson. He had like 340 touches. I think he had like the third most receptions too. And caveat that, he did that with a well, – he had a broken foot. I'm pretty sure he had a broken yeah, foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? He was struggling last year. That. And his touchdowns were way lower than every other guy in that grouping too, which is why he kind of fell in the fantasy world. Then they brought on Brian Robinson. He's pretty good. You know, he got his touches this last year. He was good too. But the reality is we, we've we seen – I've seen Antonio Gibson show me who he is on the football field. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a real man. You know what yeah. I mean? He'll he's catch the ball. He'll run the ball. He's not even a running back. And in his second year in the league, third year in the league, he had like the most second most carries or some shit like that. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like not even putting, you know, real situation to success either on a shit team. So I, I like Antonio Gibson a lot. I think he represents upside that a lot of people just disengage from mm -hmm. again, because just the raw touches, we know he can handle them. Yeah. Like there are, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he catches passes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, even if he doesn't get the goal line work, who cares? He can he can get to the goal line from 20 yards out. I've seen him do it. Yeah, he, he finally gets to be used as that, you know, not quite. I don't mean spark plug because I don't mean to diminish his role. Um, but with them having the offense they have now between McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, um, they're going to roll out Sam Howell, which I mean, I'm not going to comment on how I think that's going to go because I don't really I know. Can I disagree? Hard disagree there. Hard disagree with what? I, I think they're going to – I think this is Joe Jacoby Brissett's job. I think he keeps it all season. Ah, so you think that they're going veteran veteran to the house because they need well, – that, that's, they, that's a team whose coaching staff is on the line here. They have had no results for a long well, time. They think about wins. that, though. They brought in Bienemy, mm -hmm. who has been looking for that job. Ron Rivera is fucking gone. Yeah. So why wouldn't you just keep Brissett in? Brissett's going to be, I mean, either way, obviously it doesn't really matter. They're both going to be awful, but Brissett is not mm -hmm. as bad as people think. Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe even that gives you a reason to pull Howell out of the bag later in the season when Ron Rivera gets fired and it's the enemy. Sure. And when everything crashes down, it doesn't go on his shoulders. Mm, so you're talking about the deep state. Eric Trinamy, Washington yeah. Commanders. That's weird. <laughs> that's weird. What's going on over there? Yeah. Just wait. Yeah. So there. that's a team that that I have not trusted previously to have an explosive rushing attack. They've had a battered and piecemealed rushing attack, even if they've had the talent. Uh, I don't expect that to be the case this year. And I think Gibson will probably benefit as much as anybody. Cause there was a lot of anti Gibson slander as soon as Brian Robinson was drafted. Uh, and that was hard to watch. Yeah. Well, and it was funny again. I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not running Evan Silva through the ringer. I love Evan Silva, but mm -hmm. it's just funny that like, if you know how the fantasy media cycle works 
mm-hmm. you know that if you listen to Evan Silva's pod on Mondays during the you know the off season, mm-hmm. you'll hear Evan Silva's takes all week long through the rest of the community. Mm-hmm. And one of Evan Silva's takes two years ago was that Antonio Gibson was going to be amazing, and people he shot up to the end of the second round or back into the second round. He was a high pick, yeah. That's too heavy, you know. But I, 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 you know, but he was, you know, the art again. Nothing changed, but Brian Robinson came in, and I got him like the tenth, eleventh round last year. It's like, what's different? Evan Silva doesn't like him, (laughs) and it's just like it is what it is. I mean, that's not. There's nothing wrong with that. No. But it's just, you know, these are those qualitative variables. You won't find this in the spreadsheets. BFF mm-hmm. doesn't keep track of this stuff, guys. Yeah. He had uh, 195 touches last year in 15 games, uh, underwent foot surgery the second the season was over. Uh, I think he's going to come back ready to rock. I mean, this guy doesn't still doesn't have a ton of miles on him. It's what was his, people. What were his numbers last year? Last year, he had, let's see here, 149 149 attempts for 546 rush yards, 46 receptions for 353 uh, receiving yards. He had eight touchdowns. Uh, I mean, and that was when, you know, they they kind of made an effort to push Brian Robinson. Oh, yeah. Uh, That didn't really, I mean, it wasn't bad. Brian Robinson played fine, but it wasn't quite the passing of the baton. You're right. He had multiple games, like 23, 30, almost 30 carries out of nowhere. I'm like, what the fuck did he do to deserve that? Yeah, I think that people profile Robinson when they think of him for whatever reason. They think of him as kind of like this smaller scat back. He's 6'2", 220. No, he's built like Latavius Murray. (laughs) He's a big guy. Yeah. Yeah, so he's he's got. I think he's got, and it's, this is perfect. This is what we want, right? Low expectation guy with a smart offensive coordinator coming in. Um, it, it's another guy like Pacheco that's just gonna lay in the cut, and people who are paying attention will be able to scoop him up. I feel like that Brian Robinson twenty twenty two season mm-hmm. you just read off to me is gonna look a lot like that twenty twenty three Jameer Gibbs season. Mm, hate to I see do. it. Let's be real, y'all. Well, yeah, I mean, pay attention. Pay attention to who's in, like who's making the calls, who's in charge. That's what matters. It pays to pay attention. Mm. Pays to pay I'm attention. Into it. So I've got another one here, and this one's you know a little bit more. This one's kind of strange because this guy's having a very weird career. James Connor. What are your James Connor vibes for the upcoming year? The Cardinals haven't done anything at all. <laughs> I hear my it's weird because every year is different. I like James Conner a lot. Two years yeah. ago, he was on a ton of my best ball teams because mm-hmm. everybody, I mean, though the consensus was Chase Edmonds is God. Yeah. James Conner was like an eighth or tenth round running back. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of them, and he was amazing. I think he ended up like running back eight, nine, ten, something like that. Mm-hmm. The pendulum completely swung. And last year, it was James Conner is suddenly a year older on this, you know, on the written. Arizona Cardinals, mm-hmm. but now he's like a second round pick, third round pick. Yeah. And I'm like, so how are we, how are you, how is the consensus seeing this now? Mm-hmm. But they couldn't see it then when it was actually valuable. So yeah. I faded him last year. And mm-hmm. of course, he came down a little bit. You know, obviously, he wasn't he was a zillion touchdowns. Yeah. You know, he, he was kind of like the Jamal, Jamal Williams before he was Jamal Williams. He had a stretch uh, that saved the perception of his season. Exactly. But I mean, he is exactly, he's still what he is. You know, yeah. if I can get him in the sixth or seventh round, he's a guy that's, he's a running back, low end running back two for me, mm-hmm. who has running back, weekly running back one upside just based on yeah. his touchdowns and touches alone, talent wise. Mm-hmm. Age-wise, team-wise, all those things are negative. No. You know, there are a lot more talented running backs in the league. That's not to say he's not talented. Sure. Okay, there's a lot younger running backs in the league. That's not to say that he's old. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And there are a lot of you know better teams in the NFL. And that is to say that the Arizona Cardinals are trash. Yeah. So the reality is, touchdown equity is going to be low. Mm-hmm. Just overall team value equity is going to be low. James Conner, older. Let's say we rely on him. He's broken down in the past. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Like James Conner, yes. I don't know. Do I have any James Conner? No. Mm-hmm. During the the off season here, you know, depending on the perception and mm-hmm. how the narrative comes or goes around him, and we'll have to see. You know, I don't think the running back market is completely settled yet necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm, I would give him. I mean, I think a, a bullish projection for him would be like a high end running back too. Yeah, and I think that they've made it clear that they're cool with that, um, with moves that they haven't made. Um, they're going into full rebuild mode, and full rebuild modes they typically like to rely heavily on their veteran players early and kind of see what they have from everybody. And he's always, like you said, he's 
people just completely misconstrued what he was. They looked at that 2020 Pittsburgh offense, and a lot of people from the outside looking in said, oh, the problem with this rushing attack is James Conner, when it really wasn't. Could he do what Najee Harris can do? Not especially from the passing game, but it was really a horrible offensive line and a tough passing situation. Um, transfer him over to the uh, Cardinals, where it's the opposite of that, and the guy thrives like crazy. But he's one of those guys that he's going to go as the offensive line and the team goes. And he can capitalize very quickly. Uh, so do you expect the Cardinals to you know, be that same attack this year? Probably not, but he's still going to get the volume. Yeah, I mean, again, that's the thing. He He's the only guy there that's really set up to get anything. But, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, again, we saw Latavius Murray sign this morning, kind of disrupting mm -hmm. things. So, you know, in a certain spot, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if we get Leonard Fournette popping up yeah. here. Sure. You know, I mean, somebody will show up here. And, again, even if they do, I don't necessarily think that's even going to hurt James Conner. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, per se. But I just don't think this situation is totally settled. I want to look at James Conner real quick mm -hmm. on – Keep yeah. trade cut. That's a really funky, it's a really funky team because as of this moment right now, they're actually like a semi-decent backup away from being a, a sort of fun offense. You know, they've still got, Ertz is coming back from his recovery, which is tough, but they've still got Hopkins. They've got Brown, Rondale Moore, Greg Dortch, Trey McBride. Uh, and then of course, you know, James Conner in the backfield. I mean, there's, I would hate for this team to be a wasteland with some of the fun pieces that they have, but rather they might be the way that they're trending. James Conner, 28, mm -hmm. running back, 38. Oh, my God. That so, he's, feels, so he's written off. Yeah, that feels too low to me. Yeah. Um, so there, So I think that he's uh, definitely a candidate to try to add to your team right now. I'm looking here. Some of the players that are around him. This is per keep trade cut, you know, which I like to use. It's crowdsourced dynasty rankings. So they don't ask people, you know, it's generally consensus or a certain ranking system, but they ask people to give their opinion based on their perspective. So you get a really mm -hmm. good value idea. Uh, but just to give you an idea, Antonio Gibson's two spots ahead of him at 36, running by 36. I'd much rather have Antonio Gibson. Um, wow. But both those guys, I think, are very the value is misplaced there. It's just not right right now. So those would be good players to attack. Brian Robinson, running back 31. I, I think all three of those players are being massively undervalued right now. So do you think we were just talking about them? And obviously the player personnel is different. But do you think that if the Cardinals are to run out a backup quarterback, that is not fun, a Colt McCoy, a David Blau, something like that. Do you think that – do you like the volume that a potential James Conner might get from maybe 15 to 20 touches a game, or do you think that maybe might be misprojecting the ceiling? I think that's accurate. I mean, but it's going to depend on the draw. I mean, but again, it's the Cardinals suck. So, I mean, like if they go down early, you know, and we get in a situation where we have a crappy quarterback turning it over and we're dropping back to pass – that's going to hurt, you know, his upside. So they're going to need to play ball control, you know, so they're going to need to have a good game manager. I don't know if they have that. They're going to need to get a good defense. I know they don't have that. So, again, it's James Conner. That's why I said, you know, he'll have weekly upside where, you know, he could throw it in for a couple of running, you know, a couple of touchdowns. But I think overall week to week, he's going to be very boom or bust just because I don't think his volume is intrinsic to him playing the game. Because I don't know that the games that the Cardinals are going to play are going to be intrinsic to using a running back in the way that James Conner will be successful. Yeah, then they're just to tie a bow on that. You know, the Cardinals, obviously a new head coaching hire this year with um, Gannon from the Eagles, but their offensive coordinator was the Browns quarterback coach last year, Drew Petzing. Before that, he worked as the tight ends coach. And before that, he worked as a wide receivers coach for the Vikings. So not necessarily, I'm not saying it's a down downside there, but not necessarily, you know, to transition from the Eric Bannon conversation we just had, not quite all of the pieces we want to see. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, it's a transition year. So, I mean, he's an yeah. older asset, you know, in Dynasty. He's Again, he's a player that I wouldn't mind having. He'll probably have some good flex weeks, but you can't build a team around him. He's not somebody, even though the draft kind of went his way, yeah. I wouldn't say it spiked his value. It's hard to bake this in, but he's also probably a good trade candidate midseason in the NFL, actually, for a contender who might lose somebody or who might need to bolster. That's something to uh, keep an eye on. Yep, yep. Especially if he shows some early, you know, success. 
and they seem like they're going down, you know, I mean, he could end up on the Rams or something. You just never know. So, yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's it for my, uh, who got lucky. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think that there's a little bit of a, I, the conversation around Chicago, you know, run, let's just talk. This is the running back show. So we had Roshan get drafted there. Day three um, joins Khalil Herbert. Now I know, you know, if you want to talk draft capital, obviously Roshan Johnson has better draft capital, but like Khalil Herbert was very, very good at football. Um, if people watched last year, um, you know, he good enough to where they moved on from David Montgomery. And then they got somebody to obviously, you know, back him up. Now, maybe Roshan ends up taking that job. Maybe he is the better running back. But we have NFL production from Khalil Herbert, high level. Not just he played some games, you know. He didn't just go out there and, you know, no shade. Latavia, you know, Derek, James Cook it. You know what I'm saying? He didn't just get on the field, you know. He went out there and – uh he had some massive gains on some not very big runs. I think he had one of the highest yards per carry. Um, you know, you, you yeah. tell me that doesn't matter. but it, he, it, It's true, and that's important. I actually will say his yards per carry is important because uh, it's a factor. Because they have a rushing dual-threat quarterback who can vulture the hell out of stuff. So you need a home run guy who can take it from any distance because that's how you, you kind of need the points to be coming from there because you're not going to be able to quite as count on the touchdowns. You know, he only had four touchdowns last year. Uh, yep. Five, if you count receiving touchdown, but I mean, he's not going to get those goal line. Uh, yep. It's either going to be Foreman or it's going to be you know Fields snagging both of them. Uh, but I mean, he's very Tony Pollard esque in my opinion. Yeah, and I just think that people are kind of, I mean, they, you know, the Roshan Johnson guys, which was you know the Jameer Gibbs guys, which is everybody. Just basically, I mean, they buried him. I mean, his funeral was on Saturday. If you guys missed it or Friday. Um, oh, I here lies Kuno Herbert. But I think that there's a misvaluation going on there just because it's so easy to just, you know, again, a lot of guys that I don't understand either. It's kind of weird just how people don't understand that they're just doing this. It's like, oh, Roshan Johnson's going to take that job. Based on what? Your your opinion? Like, literally, we don't mean like this is assuming that he's not an absolute bust, too. I mean, yeah. like, we know every year in the draft, half the guys, more than half of them are literally just disappear yeah. you know what i mean but it's funny that every player that gets drafted is a huge you know he could potentially take the job of somebody who's proven that they can do it obviously yeah. I, I, I don't take I don't ever take or i typically don't take a team drafting a running back as an indicator of what they think of the player they have on the roster i look at it as this is the most frequently injured skill position group across the board and it's always good to have depth at the position um, especially when they a day three pick. I mean, I'm is there upside because he was a, he's a nice prospect? Yes. Is there any guarantee that he's even on the roster <laughs> by the time the season rolls around? No. So let's not over let's not put the cart in front of the horse. Exactly. Don't put the cart before the horse. You know, don't overpay for Roshan. Don't get rid of, you know, don't trash Khalil Herbert. Don't trash DeAndre Hop or DeAndre Swift. Don't trash Antonio Gibson just because their market value is not reflecting accurately what their fantasy value is right now because we're just going through a transition moment. You know, we go through a couple every offseason. Um, the first big one is kind of right after the season ends where you kind of get ADPs kind of shuffling. Your next one is kind of during the draft process, and then you get another big one right after the draft. And then, you know, it's after this, it's just kind of all – it's. Now it becomes basically narrative and injury driven because all the numbers, all the data, the players are set. So it's important to identify some of these things now so you can watch them shift and change so that maybe you can be, you know, because, you know, if you come back in six weeks and a player is way up, but you didn't know that he was way down, you can't take advantage of that in your league based on the market value perception. So that's why, you know, again, a running back three for a guy, you know, who's a starter on a team that just doesn't make sense. There's a word for that is cognitive dissonance. You know, it's like it's a psychological term. It's when things don't make sense. You know, it's kind of like gaslighting. It's just like, just you can take advantage of this happening out here. So um, I completely agree. Herbert is Herbert is. If you look at his little career trajectory, as short as it's been, uh, 
it's looking like the bears are ready to give him the reins, so to speak. They, you know, he's only had 30 more touches last year, but he almost doubled his yards. The team moved on from its highly drafted previous running back to a different team. They didn't bring in any serious competition for what Herbert's role is. And they spent a late round pick on a guy that may or may not make the roster. I mean, this is, things are trending significantly up. Guys usually make the leap when put in this situation. Yep. And again, it's not a knock on Roshan Johnson. Let's just call him what he is. He's the backup to Khalil Herbert. You know what I mean? Like that's what he is right now. So operate under those parameters. Don't let anybody uh, talk you into anything else. That would be kind of my final note there. But um, yeah, I've kept you about an hour, Chuck. Appreciated your time. Any uh, any final words to the squad before we jet set on out of here? Um. Oh gosh, any final words to the squad? Um, Play IDP. Look, I, you know what? This will be my first year playing IDP, and uh, part of this show is a big part of that. So I appreciate all the good stuff you guys have been putting out. I'll be looking forward to uh, being a rookie in the fantasy world again, being a novice. It's time to. Uh, it's how I stay humble and you know stay close to the common football men. Um, it's but not. It's not as hard as people act. I actually, I want to take this moment to say that too. You know, I, I see that sentiment a lot. Like, oh, I don't want to play IDP. You know, I'm intimidated or I'm worried or it's hard. It's if you're playing offensive fantasy in your first year, you get a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and a tight end. And you get a kicker and a defense. Okay. Realistically, if you add IDP or play IDP, you get a linebacker, a defensive lineman, and a defensive back. It's three Short positions. Sweet. It's half as complicated if you're honest with yourself. Okay, now people again, this cognitive dissonance. They just say things. They don't really pay attention to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's hard. And I'll just me as an example. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a, the brightest crown in the box. I've only played IDP for I think this is my fourth year. But my first season playing, I won an IDP Experts League. You know what I'm saying? I've won a championship in two two last seasons of two of three of last seasons and another idp expert league yeah like i'm not i mean now i guess maybe you could call me an expert in authority maybe more like because i do it but i mean my years of experience i mean i have a little more experience than you but when i started the show i literally had just started doing my first idp fantasy league i had just nice. gotten into it and nobody did it so i was like well i'll just cover it you know and it was it's not hard like that's just my kind of my final thing is like it's in your head. If that's what you're saying, please stop saying it. Not saying it's to you, <laughs> anybody out there. If that's what you're saying out there to yourself or even publicly, mm-hmm. stop saying that because it's not true and it scares people. Um, the reality is a putz like me played my first year with a bunch of pros and I won. Okay. And can... you should have that kind of confidence too because it's fucking fantasy football. Okay. Right. So you should follow us. You should play both sides of the ball. And come get some really good fucking information and take that with you and go kick some ass in all your leagues, not just you know, in all your wings. Spread your wings and fly. It's a lot of there's a lot of points out there to be had. You just gotta go find them. Amen. Amen. (laughs) All right. Well, IDP Army, that's it from us. Be sure to follow along, smash subscribe, follow both podcast feeds. We will be doing more best ball content soon. The IDP rookie rankings will go up on the channel this week. I know that's what people are thirsty for. We're just going to cover the top guys, the ones that you're probably going to want to get in your rookie drafts. Um, If you're looking for any information on that beforehand, come into the Discord. The link is in the description. And that is all for me, y'all. Peace out.